Hey, it's Rick Kettner here. Let's talk about Hacking Growth by Sean Ellis and Morgan Brown. This is an excellent read if you're interested in rapid business growth. It's primarily geared towards technology companies. So if you're making a SaaS product, some kind of an online platform or a mobile application, but I think it's fair to say that most of the ideas from this book can easily be translated to apply to almost any kind of business. Now, if you're interested in learning more about how to build and grow your business, I do recommend that you subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications so that you don't miss out on future videos. But let's get into it. I wanna cover three of my favorite insights from the book, both to share some practical things that you can apply to your business right away and to give you a better sense of what to expect from the book in case you're interested in reading the whole thing. Okay, insight number one, determine if your product is must have. The idea here is you do not wanna start rapid business growth until you're absolutely sure that your product or your service is must have. And you wanna know why it's must have and for whom it's must have. And a big part of this is getting super clear about the core value of whatever it is that you're offering. Because very often as entrepreneurs, especially if we're involved in coming up with the product or contributing key ideas, we have our own sense of what the product is and what it's for and who it's designed for, but there can often be a gap between that and what customers actually see as the core value of the product and how they intend to use it when they first get into it. So quick example of this, let's say you're an entrepreneur, you've been playing guitar for 20 plus years and you wanna build the ultimate online guitar lessons platform. So you set out to build this and you think, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna create step-by-step -step video lessons for the absolute beginner all the way to seasoned pro. I'm gonna cover everything, all different styles, acoustic, electric, you name it. And what you're trying to build is the ultimate educational platform. It's all about helping people learn to play whatever it is that they wanna play on the guitar. But you start building this thing, you start testing it with customers, and pretty soon you start talking to them and you hear that what they're most enjoying are the community forums, the live video broadcasts where they can get answers to their questions, but more importantly, they can hang out with other members of the community in the live chat, and more and more, you're starting to realize they view it as more of a hobby, more of a, an escape, something to, some way to just to hang out with other people that are playing the guitar. And for them, it's more a passion. They like the idea of learning more on the guitar, but they really ended up joining and staying, more importantly, because they like hanging out with other guitarists and they like being inspired by the content. And at the end of the day, maybe they're retired, maybe they're close to retirement. And for them, this is just a great outlet. So this difference, especially when all of your marketing is selling you know, the ultimate educational platform. And then even still, you have customers that come through paying for that description of the product and they still end up gravitating towards the community features. This is really important to understand because if you can identify how people are actually using the product and what they enjoy the most, it can A, have a big effect on your marketing strategy moving forward to make sure you're attracting more of those people, but B, it can also speak to the future direction of the product to make sure you're actually designing it around the people that are paying for it and are most interested in it. So it's incredibly important to determine if your product is must have and to get clear on why it's must have, what customers see as the core value in the product. Okay, insight number two, Identify the growth levers of your business. The idea here is you wanna build a growth equation, a mathematical formula that outlines how you can grow the business by identifying the different aspects of your business that play a role in your growth. So for example, a very traditional model, if you were to run something like an online educational platform of some kind, you might look at things like more prospects, 
are the first kind of dial that you can turn or crank up. It's the first part of the equation. Then, of course, increased conversion rates. So when they land on your website, if you're more effective at actually converting them to a customer, that's another dial that you can turn. And then, for example, successfully onboarding people that actually do buy because you don't want somebody just to pay and then drop off. You want them to get into the platform, create their profile, find their first few lessons, and really engage with the product. That way, not only are they more likely to continue using it, they're more likely to recommend it to other people too because they're going to be more satisfied as a customer. So that's another dial you can turn up. You can do a better job of onboarding or activating new customers. And then, of course, you can do things to reduce churn and to deliver long-term value to keep them around for longer. So that's a very simple example. Obviously, there's a whole bunch more in terms of maybe attracting initial attention, making people aware that your brand exists, all kinds of dials. But the idea here is you and your team should be crystal clear on a simple formula that these are the specific dials that we can turn to grow the business. We can increase the number of people that hear about the product, the number of people that land on the site, the number of people that convert. You get the idea. Now, this doesn't have to be an absolute, like mathematically sound equation where this plus this or this times this times this times this equals growth. It doesn't have to work like that. The main idea, just conceptually here, at least the way I understood it from the book, is to create an equation for the purpose of clarity for your team so that everybody can look at it and see immediately areas that can be improved to grow the business. So that's the key idea here. Now, one thing you really wanna pull out once you've built out this equation is it's ideal if you can identify the North Star metric. That's what they call it in the book, but the idea here is the single metric that is best representative of your continuous progress as a business. Now, many businesses, of course, fall into the very natural trap of focusing on things like revenue and saying, okay, our goal is to increase our overall revenue from this figure to this figure, and if we don't hit that figure, we're not having success. But the idea here, at least as far as the way I interpreted it and what I got from the book, is that it's really important to focus on metrics that actually indicate growth and are unlikely to be misleading. And of course, revenue can be a very misleading figure because there's typically a lag between when somebody first hears about the brand and when they actually make a purchase. And so often, if all you're doing is chasing revenue, it incentivizes people to manipulate the data, maybe try to crunch down on that process and and more urgently convert people. And of course, that kind of approach can have you know, unintended consequences and actually burn your customer list or burn relationships or make it so your brand is coming across overly aggressive. So there's certainly a lot of things that can go wrong when you're overly focused on revenue. It's better to try to find a metric that is more indicative that you're creating value for customers over the long term and that your business is moving in the right direction. So I'll give you a quick example. If we were to go back to that guitar lessons example from earlier, and let's just for simplicity's sake, say that the primary purpose of the platform was to educate people, that we decided it is an educational platform and we want to focus around that and know that we're doing a better and better job of that. Well, one example metric would be to look at total number of completed video series. And what I mean by that is, let's say the library of lessons was a whole bunch of individual videos, but were grouped together in series. And each series could help somebody learn a specific technique or a specific song. It was kind of step-by-step approach to complete a clear milestone. Well, you might set a metric like, we wanna measure the total number of completed series within a given period. And the reason why an engagement metric like this works is it speaks to a whole bunch of different elements of success for the business. Number one, the more customers you get, 
the more completed series you're going to have. Number two, the better you are in terms of a platform at recommending the right content to people, the more likely they are to complete series. Because if you're recommending the wrong content, they're less likely to engage, less likely to complete a series. So, of course, you want to incentivize making better recommendations. And then, of course, the actual content itself. If it's educational, if it's entertaining a little bit, if it's engaging, then people are more likely to complete. So, again, the team is incentivized to create better quality content. And then finally, it also speaks to discoverability. So for, for members that have been on the platform for a long time, maybe they've been on it for six or 12 months, if you're continuing to find and, and showcase great relevant content to them, even after they've kind of gone through their first dozen or so video series, then that too is gonna impact this figure. So you wanna look for a number like this. This is actually very similar to what I suspect that Netflix prioritizes. I have no idea, of course, but I suspect Netflix probably prioritizes things like how many TV show seasons are being completed. Are we recommending the right content to people? How many movies are started but not finished? Because we wanna go for finished content. Again, speaks to more customers, speaks to finding the right content for customers, and speaks to long-term engagement. So really important to try to find some kind of a metric that speaks to long-term engagement, that you're creating more and more value for customers, and of course, that you're bringing in more customers at the same time, because this tends to be a pretty accurate predictor of future success as opposed to chasing you know, revenue in the next 30 days or something along those lines. So it's really important to identify the growth levers in your business, identify a North Star that is really indicative of overall growth of the business, and uh, yeah, let's move on to insight number three. Build a culture of continuous experimentation. This is what really brings everything from the book all together, in my opinion. The idea here is you do not want to have, well, first off, in terms of actual functionality, how you build your teams, you don't want to have people siloed off in different departments where the marketing team is over here, support team is over here, the development team is over here, everybody's spread out. You want at least one cross-functional growth team where you have talent from multiple departments all brought together, and their goal is to think purely about how can we increase growth. So part of this is constantly brainstorming tests that you could conduct to, to make minor changes to the product in some way that you're predicting will improve a key area of your growth metrics. So for example, if you decided we need increased conversion rates on the sales page. Okay, what are some tests? What are some changes we can make to the landing page or to the sales page that is likely to increase revenue? And you wanna have this growth team always be studying every aspect of your business and looking for simple, definable tests that you could do to increase whatever metric it is that you're trying to address. Maybe it's how easy it is to log into the platform, how easy it is to be onboarded when you first sign in and to get people more engaged in the platform, how easy is it to find great content, how easy is it to discover great content on an ongoing basis. So you want your growth team always thinking about these things and building a database of potential tests. And the book recommends, and I love this simple model, using the ICE system to rank these tests. And so ICE is an acronym standing for potential impact. So how sure are you this change or how big could the impact be if this change works out? Confidence, how sure are you that it will work out? How, how likely do you think it is that it's gonna be a positive change? And then ease, how easy is it to conduct this test? And you simply, I think it was multiply or add up those numbers and it's a rating of zero through 10 each and you determine how confident are you how much impact, how easy will it be to make this change and get a positive result? And then this growth team, because it's built with diverse talent, it can actually conduct these tests 
put them out there, get them live on the site. And the whole idea is, as, as this insight is titled, you wanna build a culture of continuous experimentation. Ultimately, you want everybody in the organization contributing to this list of potential ideas that you could use to improve the service. So everybody's always thinking, man, if we made this tweak, if we made this adjust adjustment over there, I think we can make the service better. I think we can make it more addictive, more habitual, more likely that people are gonna come back over and over. We could gamify this aspect of the product. Whatever it might be, the idea is, Unlike so many companies, and I've made this mistake a lot in the past, where it's just, you know, the team goes, puts together a product and then ships it, and then they just kind of think, okay, it's time to add version two in the future. Let's plan for that. This is fast, iterative adjustments. You're always just making little tweaks, and then, of course, you're analyzing the data. You're tracking everything, and the book goes into great detail about that. You're tracking everything and seeing, does it actually have the impact that you anticipated? You're always making a predictor ahead of time, saying, here's the change we're going to make. Here's the anticipated outcome we think we're gonna get, and then you're testing it and actually validating or invalidating that test. And if it's a break-even, if you can't tell either way, then you revert to whatever was happening before. You only switch if there's a clear win. That way you're never making a mistake and implementing something that didn't turn out, didn't pan out. So the book goes into so much more detail. I'm gonna quickly go over these three things one more time just to recap them. So determine if your product is must-have, super, super important. Identify the growth levers in your business, also very, very valuable and important. And then finally, bring it all together, build a culture of continuous experimentation. There is so much more to this book. It's, it's not the shortest read and it's not the longest read. It's a good length, but it does cover a lot more than what I'm talking about here. A lot more depth, a lot more detail, but hopefully these three insights gave you a rough sense of what to expect. And hopefully you can also see how these ideas could be applied to almost any business. If you're a brick and mortar store, I mean, you're looking at increasing foot traffic, increasing the number of products available for as far as selection goes. You're looking at the different growth levers in that business. Whatever your business is, there's gonna be growth levers and there's gonna be ways that you can be more effective as a business to grow and offer more value to customers and have them take advantage of that value. So that's it for this video. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy this video, got anything out of it, A, consider picking up a copy of the book. You can get the audiobook too if that's your preference. But B, click like here on YouTube to let me know. It also helps promote the video out to other people here on the platform. If you have any questions at all about the book or if you have another book that you'd recommend that I consider for a future video, please let me know down in the comment section below. And of course, if you're interested in learning more about how to build and grow your business, definitely subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications so that you don't miss out on future videos. But thank you for watching this video and I'll see you in the next one.